James Altucher, you love watching sports on TV, I know. You know, I'm trying to think of the last time I liked watching sports on TV. I think I was 10 years old and I used to like watching football. American fo- NFL. The NFL. Well, football. Football. <laughs> you anti-Euro snob. Uh, did you watch it alone? Were you a big Eagles fan? No, I'd watch it. No, I was the New York Giants fan and Minnesota Vikings, Fran Tarkenton, which dates me. Nice. Yep. And, uh, the Purple People Eaters, yeah. as they were known. Yeah, and and the Pittsburgh Steelers. There you your go. Buddy, your buddy, Franco Harris. It's a good team right there. All, all the teams from the 70s. You had good taste in, in teams, except for the Giants, who I were did. terrible then. That's why I like that great and excellent book, Confessions of a Hero Warshimer. Uh, you're, you're too kind. Your best book. You're too kind. No, you're, you know what? You're just the right amount of kind. But um, the reason that my question for you today is the following, which is what is the most entertaining Olympic event to watch and why? The most entertaining Olympic event. And now you could answer this question empirically. We could look at ratings, which I might have a few numbers handy. Well, you or know, you know, you ch- could do it subjectively. You know, chess has its own Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the chess Olympiads. The Olympics, Which I do enjoy watching, actually. What's, could, it, what's that like? I've never seen it. Uh, there's something called the Internet Chess Club, and there's grandmaster commentators. You log on, and you see a chess board, and you see in real time these chess players playing because they update the moves in real time, and people are commenting. Are you watching? So what are you watching on the screen? You're, you're watching, watching a the board. players play. No, you're watching a board. Yeah. And you're watching the moves happen as they happen, and then there's grandmasters who are commenting along with other players. And so you can screen out the other players or you can listen to the other players and it becomes this huge event actually to watch. And, how and I'll tell you, the, the day that I got married um, in 1997, I was watching a chess match. The chess game was so fascinating, I didn't want to stop and I was late to sounds, my sounds about first right. wedding. <laughs> sounds like a very big so game. Story. And I remember I was at, I was at HBO in, the, in my office and uh, I didn't. You I, were going to your wedding from work. From, well, I had to. I was going to change into a suit. Nice. And I'm just. At the was last it a justice m- of the peace? Uh, no, church on Forty Second Street. So you were working. Oh, Church of the Holy Cross. Yeah, yeah. On Forty Second by the Port Father Authority. Pete, Father Pete. Pete yeah. Pete Cala Pietro or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Father Pete. Look and I, at our, I'm Jewish. He was my priest. Well, he's <laughs> he's a good priest for the Jews. I find. Yes. I, well, I went to his. Um, what do you call it? Not, um, not Passover. Easter. <laughs> When, the, you, when, the other when thing. you start, when you're talking about priests, <laughs> and then the beginning of the next sentence is, I went to his blank. You could go almost anywhere. I wasn't really thinking about. He was a good guy. He good was a great priest. guy. I think he died. Did he? Um, no, he moved to another church. I just assume everybody dies once I stop, you know, being in their orbit, which is, I assume everybody's dead. But to answer your question, by the way, I. I, I oh, yeah, what was the question? What's the most, um, what do I think is the most highly rated Olympic? No, that wasn't the question. The question is, what's the most entertaining Olympic event to watch and why? Well, the one Olympic event I did used to watch was uh, ice skating, just because that time that one girl. Tanya Harding? Yeah, hit the other girl. Mm, <laughs> and right. that became like a popular event. For right. that gossip reason. So you reason. watched it. And that was yes. also Oksana Bayul, I believe, won the gold. Yeah, yeah. That year. That I was loved her. Yeah, she was great. Every, everybody did. Yeah. yeah. I was with a, um, I can tell you this story if I if I hide the names, but I was writing a, a magazine article. Is this time. another pedophile story? Yes, it is actually, finally. No, um, I was writing an article about someone, and it was during that Olympics, and this someone was a man and he was so into the ice skating event during that Olympics 
1994. That he had brought with him to this restaurant where I was interviewing him. I, I probably already interviewed him three, four, five times, but this one night, you know, often when you're writing a magazine piece, you spend a lot of time with someone over the course of several weeks or months. And um, he had brought with him to the restaurant a tiny little portable black and white TV back when those existed for camping or for doormen in buildings, whatever, right? And he had this little, <laughs> and he was watching it, and Oksana Bayul came out, and during her warm-up, and we're recording, and, you know, we were kind of friendly the way that sometimes journalists and subjects get, but, you know, I'm a journalist, and he's a subject of a piece I was writing, I think, for New York Magazine. So this fellow was watching, and he said this not to me, but kind of to himself or maybe to the TV. He said, who will be the lucky man to deflower Oksana Bayul? I thought it was a pedophile story. It was a pedophile story. And he said that, and I must have, my eyes bugged out. And he said, oh my God, you cannot, you cannot include that in the article. And we made an agreement that I wouldn't because I wasn't looking to, you know, end the guy's political career. He wasn't a political guy. And honestly, there was plenty other stuff about him that um, got across his true character without it. Okay, uh, what profession was he in? I really shouldn't say. I really shouldn't say because uh, the New Yorker. Maybe he was a writer or or a, a yeah, maybe a composer, maybe an engineer, maybe a you know, maybe a submarine captain, maybe a trapeze artist. You never know. You never know. But um, so for you, the most entertaining Olympic event to watch is ice skating. Why after other than, after someone so only beats when, on another girl? So it takes an act of uh, sabotage violence right, for you some, to get interested in watching sports. Celebrity thing. Do you want me to tell you what the actual most watched, most popular, at least I'm, in the U.S.? I'm going to guess swimming. Great guess. The uh, gymnastics. Also great guess. Skiing. Uh, well, we're talking, let's talk Summer Olympics now, since we're in Summer and Rio Olympics. Or... Uh, the 50-yard dash. We will finish answering this question of the day right after we take this break. Oh my God, I'm so glad I discovered Mott and Bo, who is sponsoring this podcast today. I normally don't like any sort of jeans at all. I've barely ever worn jeans my entire life, but Mott & Bo sent in some jeans. I've tried them, and I can tell you they make ridiculously comfortable, premium handcrafted jeans in their own factory and ship them directly to their customers at an incredible value. Take advantage of their free home try-on program where they send you an additional size for free, just in case you're gaining a lot of weight all of a sudden, to try at the comfort of your home. Keep the one that fits perfectly and send the other one back with the conveniently pre-printed and pre-paid return label that's included inside every box. These jeans are already way underpriced for the quality, but the deal just got even better for you. Simply go to mottandbow.com, that's M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com, and use promo code QUESTION for 20% off. You actually named the three events that are the most popular among American viewers, swimming, gymnastics, and track. But the single most watched event by a long shot. Not soccer. Please don't tell me soccer. I won't tell you soccer. All right. It's the opening ceremony. Oh, okay. That's a trick question. That's a great trick. That's a cocktail party trick question. Good job. Now I have a good cocktail party trick question. You're welcome. But here's what I thought when I saw that. I thought... Okay, I am the kind of person who hates watching 
an opening ceremony or a close. It's just like, it's totally not my thing. And when I saw these numbers, I thought, well, that's yet one more way in which I am out of step with, you know, the majority because this is plainly the most popular thing. But then I thought, well, maybe, you know what, maybe that's not what it means. Maybe what it really means is the Olympics are coming, the Olympics are coming, the Olympics are coming. There's all this hype. And then people turn it on for the opening ceremony and everybody's there for the opening ceremony and they see it and then they think, eh, you know, the Olympics really aren't that great. What was I thinking? I'm just going to turn it off and not watch any more Olympics. Yeah, so it could be that. You figure right now there's so much competition, and this is related to, we've talked about this before, but there's so much competition for your attention in every way, not just sports, but movies, TV, internet, Pokemon Go, uh, all the billions of apps that are out there, that there's no reason now to get obsessed with one event like the Super Bowl or the Olympics or whatever. Well, let me ask you this, though. If you were going to watch an Olympic event this summer, let's say, in Rio, what would you watch and why would you choose to watch it? Because here's here's the theory I'm getting at. I'll, I'll run All the right. theory by you and you tell the me how the practice me. actually fills in. So, like, I have this thing about when you go out to eat in a restaurant, you eat out in restaurants probably way more than the average American, let's say, right? Probably. You eat probably 20 meals a week in a uh, restaurant, right? Like, at least... <laughs> Almost three a day? I don't know of that much. All right, you eat probably at least 10 meals a week in a restaurant? Maybe. maybe really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, ten. seven, to, no, seven ten, to 10? 10 is good. 10, 10 is, is good, right. Yeah. So that's a lot. I'd say probably well more than, than the average American. So there's one theory that when you eat in a restaurant, if you're also the kind of person who cooks a lot at home, which you happen to not, that what you want to do in a restaurant is you want to eat the foods in a restaurant that you would never make at home because they're either complicated or you don't know how to make them. I don't agree with that because part of the reason I'm eating in a restaurant is I get to sit at a table that's that's somebody else has set up the table for me. Someone else is, I just tell someone what I want to eat. It could be something I eat at home. but Such a colonial. And magically, like. magically, the food I want appears on the table. Someone serves it to me and then someone... Someone cooked it. Someone cooked it for me that I don't even know. I never even see that person cook it. And you don't even see them spitting in your food because I, you're so they ungrateful. They might be. I would never return food because I'm always afraid of that, actually. But then uh, then they clean. the. Di- I don't have to clean the dishes. They take it away. There's so many more benefits to And all to you got to do is give them a little piece of green paper that's in your pocket. That's right. So one theory is that you want to eat the stuff that you wouldn't cook at home, right? So by that theory, if you're going to watch the Olympics... What you'd want to watch is an event that you're never going to see in the course of regular sports viewing. So a lot of sports that happen, some sports that happen at the Olympics are played all the time. It's like, look, I'm a golf fan, as you know. You ridicule me. Golf returns to the Olympics this year after, I think, over 100 years absence. Really? I'm not going to talk to you about it because I know you hate it, but it's a very interesting story, the return of golf and the fact that it's not working out so well at this moment. A lot of the top male players pulled out. Um, because citing you, Zika. Because you have to be, oh, for Zika reasons? Citing Zika. But the fact is, is that the way golf is set up, the rewards are so strong for their regular events, and they play the best in the world all the time in the course of a regular season. There are four majors at which the world's best players get together. So one theory would say, if I'm going to watch something in the Olympics, I should watch something that I would never see you know, casually during a regular year or four years, like judo or Or what's that one fencing. where you just, you just are crouched down and you like slide down this thing? 
What's that? What's that sport? You crouch down in and this you slide, like, like a little, playground slide. No, kind like, of event? no, like this. You're in this like little. Is it box. on ice? Bobsled? No. Yeah, maybe it's the bobsled. There's bobsled. There's luge and there's luge. skeleton. Yeah, luge. so luge is the one where you ride feet first on an open sled, and then skeleton you ride face first. Uh, I think tummy down. And what's the skill in that? Like just not screaming and falling off. <laughs> I think the steering and you know picking the optimal route is a part of it, but a big, 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 big part of it is the speed at the top and how fast. Which is why they often convert sprinters into um, those downhill people for like the bobsled. Like the last guy in the bobsled runner, the pusher there is usually a track guy who got converted or a track gal who got converted. So anyway, you're not going to watch any Olympics, are you? No, you're going to watch. Your, if I could pay you to watch one Olympic event. What would it, what would you choose? Tennis is that in the Olympics? Uh, it is, and why? Why do you want to watch tennis? Uh, that's the one sport I play. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think um, if you were to play an Olympian, um, a complete match in tennis, would you score a point? Zero. And would you return a single serve? Definitely zero. Have you ever? I don't know if you play tennis. Have you ever played? Uh, been on the opposite side of a serve from a professional tennis player? I haven't. Have you? Yes. H- how'd that go? Oh my God, the, first off, it's going like, I don't know how fast, 100 miles an hour, and it hits the ground and it bounces in a direction you would not think was physically possible. There's no way to like even get your racket on it. And how did that make you feel? I felt really cool, actually, to see that. Why? I don't, I don't mind losing. I don't mind if I'm learning, if I'm learning something. That's, it was a pleasure. My, my roommate at the time in college was a professional tennis player. He was ranked like roughly 200th in the world. So ranking, being ranked 200th in the world, he was able to make a living. So he made like maybe between forty and 50000 a year being ranked 200th in mm. the world. Do you ever watch equestrian events? Like, uh, like horse racing? Well, it's um, horse riding and there's dressage. Is and that in the Olympics? Mm-hmm. That's in the Olympics, yeah. See, I don't even know what's in the it's Olympics. It's not your thing. Yeah. Can I tell you something about um, equestrian events? It's the most and, popular one ever. And riding horses? Yes. Did you know that the average rate of death is higher per, I believe it's mile ridden on a horse than a motorcycle? In general in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, look at uh, Christopher Reeves, the classic good, example. Good way to take an, <laughs> an, an N of one and make it stand for the world, but... Uh, hey, yeah. he, hey, he was Superman, and he couldn't handle a horse. Wouldn't you like to know what we're going to talk about on the next question of the day? Okay, we'll be right back. Thanks again to Mott & Bo for sponsoring us today. Mott & Bo makes ridiculously comfortable premium handcrafted jeans in their own factory and ships them direct to their customers at an incredible value. Take advantage of their free home try-on program where they send you an additional size for free to try on at the comfort of your home, keep the one that fits perfectly, and send the other one back with a conveniently pre-printed and pre-paid return label included inside every box. These jeans are already way underpriced for the quality, but the deal just got even better for you. Simply go to mottandbow.com, that's M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com, and use promo code QUESTION for 20% off. And here's what we have lined up for the next episode of Question of... James, you want to take the last word of the... Day! What do you personally do try and look better like we all in general wake up and try to look as good as we can what do you do that's a little bit extra that you try to do that if you didn't do you would probably look worse 